to the Principal Thing Talk Show, where wisdom meets purpose. Join host D. Gerard Lindsay each week as he connects the dots from the book of Proverbs that helps you to navigate life successfully and propel you into divine purpose. Listen in now. Hello, this is the Principal Thing. This is D. Gerard Lindsay, your host. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I want to thank all of our listeners for subscribing and sharing this broadcast and just taking the time to really listen to it. Uh, today, I have some very powerful stuff I want to share with you today. And normally, I just try to be a regular podcaster and just try to share some basic uh, things about life, navigating life, different things that we experience or go through and or just whatever the Holy Spirit has given me. However, today, I'm going to go into my office today and I'm going to talk to you as an apostle today. And I want to really talk to those that are at places in your life where you really want to grow and you really want to be developed in the things of God. You want to have a better understanding of what you're dealing with, what you're going through, and how to navigate things, whether it's a relationship, a marriage, a calling, a sickness, or a job or business or whatever. It doesn't matter. I really believe that the things that I have to share with you today will help you regardless of wherever you are. But this is this is major league. Let's say it like this. This is not elementary. This is not for those that are complaining and whining about things in life and you're still kicking and screaming against what God wants to do in your life. Um, today's broadcast is really about those that really want that deep, intimate place in God. And they really want to understand what they're up against, whether it's how to get through something or how to get over something. This is really not about navigating. This is about conquering things, uh, things in yourself basically things that you deal with in your mind or in your heart so let's get to it what i want to talk about today is about our will versus the will of god um, i've been comfortable for a long time being where i wanted to be um, thinking about god the way i wanted to think at least early on and i didn't really understand what it meant to relinquish my will and really embrace God's will fully. And in order to do that, you can't think and you can't feel. It's a response. It is a spiritual response that is played out in the natural. In other words, let me make it very clear what I'm communicating. There are things that God calls us to do, has for us to do, he may nudge you in your spirit. He may speak to you in your heart. He may lead you to do something or to say something. And in order to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in us and through us, we have to yield to that. We have to relinquish what we think as well as how we think. We have to get away from what people think about us and even how we think about ourselves. We have to surrender all of that. We have to give up all of that. 
in the clearest portrait of what I'm communicating today is Jesus just before he gets to Calvary. He, he does something that at this particular turn or juncture in his ministry is super, super important. Because it's one thing to say, you know, we have to yield, we have to surrender, we have to submit to the will of God and not really have a benchmark, not really uh, have anyone in our life that is a clear portrait of that. So the time that Jesus takes in prayer and the things that he says, he communicates very clearly when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's on his knees and he's praying. And he is so intense in prayer that the sweat that comes off of his head is compared to droplets of blood. That's how intense he is. So what that communicates to me is that there is a struggle that we as human beings need to recognize that takes place between our will and the will of God. If the truth is really told, we don't really want to do some of the things that God has called us to do or that he's leading us to do. I'll just be very, very transparent here because I communicate this from time to time when I'm in service. A lot of the things that God oftentimes calls me to do, leads me to do, I don't want to do it. And at that particular time, whether I realize it or not, I'm not in agreement with God. So what happens at that moment, and I really want to be very, very clear, what happens at that moment is I allow my will to take precedence over the will of God. And that does not please God. Now, this is a different type of podcast today. I really want to help someone out there that really does believe in God. Maybe you're a leader, maybe not. But you want to get to that next plateau in your life. You want the job, you want the relationship, you want the marriage, you want the position. You want to just get over some things. Well, I hope that what I communicate today I hope that if you really listen beyond your senses and you really receive it in your spirit, you're going to be able to produce miracles in your life. I've seen it in my life. When I've gotten to places where I've really relinquished my will, how I think, how I feel to the will of God, I've seen God do some tremendous things, not just in me, but in the lives of those I've prayed for. And he's used me as an instrument to do that. But I really want to talk about, as I mentioned, Jesus in the garden. I believe that is significant. Because what he's showing us very, very clearly is that even though he's the son of God, even though he's the word of God incarnate. He's still a man. He's still a human being. And there is a struggle that really takes place in our will as it relates to whether or not we're going to relinquish it. 
or not. And that's the truth. That's the honest truth. If any leader tells me that they've never struggled with things that God has led them to do or the purpose that God has for them or the places where God is leading them, if any leader ever tells me that, my response is usually silence because I don't believe it. Because there are certain things that God's going to lead you to do. And I'm not talking about it may make you afraid or nervous or those types of things. You're just not in agreement with it. And as I have developed more in, the, in my relationship with the Father, I've come to find out that any time I resist what God wants me to do, I'm walking in disobedience. That's right. I said it. I'm walking in disobedience. And God doesn't get glory out of my life. That's whether uh, it deals with a person, a place, or a thing. So as I go back to Jesus in the garden, and I look at what he's doing, he does not pull up his spiritual resume to communicate it to the Father, to tell the Father, listen, I've, I've healed people, I've fed multitudes, I've raised the dead, I've done all of these wonderful things, and now I'm faced with something that I don't agree with, and I want you to let me off the hook. He doesn't do that. Because he's showing us, the sons of God, his children, those of us that believe in him, he's showing us a very clear picture that even though he's God with us, the flesh still goes through periods in our life. Even though we are in a covenant relationship with the Father, we experience times in our life when we really don't want to do what God has called us to do. So I like the position that Jesus has taken. He has taken people with him, his disciples. Are they with him just to pray or are they with him to pray and support him? Has he already communicated prior to even getting in the Garden of Gethsemane? I don't want to go to the cross. I don't really want to deal with it. And they've allowed the fatigue of the day to invade their prayer time and they've fallen asleep. But Jesus can't use it as an excuse because he knows very clearly that the Father has called him to do something. He knows why he's on this earth. He knows exactly where he is and he knows exactly what he has to do. And he also knows clearly exactly what he's dealing with. He's dealing with his flesh. And his flesh doesn't want to go through the pains of fulfilling the purpose that God has for his life. But Jesus takes a spiritual route or a spiritual turn. I've had times in my life where I didn't really want to do what God wanted me to do and I wanted someone to be on my side to confirm, yeah, I don't think you really need to do it. I think it's okay if you back down. 
I think it's okay. You don't really need to tell anyone you're sorry, especially it's not really your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. But what does God say? And how is God leading you? I've had times in my life where I've had to apologize, not because I was in the wrong, but because the Holy Spirit was leading me to do so. There are times in my marriage that I do that in my marriage. And I'm not necessarily talking about right, wrong. I'm talking about when things are not really going the way that I think they ought to go. And my wife may not do something that I think she ought to do. And the Holy Spirit will have me to say, look, I'm sorry. If I don't relinquish my will, the way I think, the way I feel, in the way that I think things ought to play out, then I will easily feel justified in remaining in my will and being stubborn and obstinate and not being obedient to what God has called me to do. God does not make us do anything. He does not force us. He has the power to do whatever he wants to do at any given time. And he still gives us choice. If that isn't love and if that isn't grace, then I don't know what love and grace is. The reason why I really believe our will still challenges us is because we have the power of God on the inside of us. We can still speak life and death. We can still resurrect that that is dead. That's how powerful the anointing and the spirit of God is living on the inside of us. So I want to take the position that Paul took in Galatians, the second chapter in the 20th verse. When Jesus died, I died also. It doesn't mean that I was put to death. It doesn't mean that he wasn't breathing anymore. It's not what he's communicating because he's communicating from a spiritual perspective as it relates to his sin. Paul is saying, I gave it up. And that is really what submission is. Submission isn't about God needs to answer every question that we have. Submission isn't that the father needs to explain every turn that we need to make in our life. Submission is, I believe that you are my heavenly father. As much as I believe that I am your earthly son. And as a result, I'm giving my life to you. For you to do as you please. That's what brings my father glory. So those times when I get out of the will of God and I want my will more than I want his will. I haven't been as intense in prayer as I've needed to. I haven't positioned myself in the word of God and read it and applied it as much as I have needed to. And as a result, I've allowed my flesh to get in the way. I've allowed the, the comfort of life to get in the way. And to try to convince me that my will is really more important than God's will. I believe that where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane was very important. For us to have a benchmark 
to get to places in our life where we can be vulnerable and really be honest with ourselves, and really say, you know what, God, I really didn't want to do it. And I really don't want to do it. But I'm going in prayer. And I'm not going into prayer to invite the enemy into my place of worship. But I'm going into prayer so that I can die to myself. What do you mean, die to yourself, apostle? I mean, get what I think is important out of the way. And submit to the will of the Father. Not try to figure it out. Not try to get the Father to answer all of my questions and address all of my concerns. But I want to go into prayer. And I want to say, you know what, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for not placing you as Lord of my life and allowing my own desires, my own faults, my own feelings to get in the place where your word is supposed to be. So that I would not just hesitate, but that I would actually allow my will to take precedence over your will. So thank you, Jesus, for going to that garden. Thank you for being so intense and intentional in prayer to show me that I have to yield more to you, that I have to give up more of what I think is important. And to do so, I have to trust you. My first response is to trust. Is to really trust you as my heavenly father, knowing that you have taken up residence in my life through my heart. I want my mind constantly to be changed. I want my heart to be constantly changed. So that whenever you speak, there are no chances that my will will get in the way of your will. So I want to thank you, Jesus, for stopping in Gethsemane. In that garden. And I want you, I want you to know that I appreciate what you communicated when you were in the garden. Because if you struggled, certainly. There will be times where we will also struggle. But the struggle that you went through did not last for days and weeks and months. It only lasted long enough for you to get it out so that you could surrender your will. So I don't want to go any further with my will than you went with yours. Because I know that not only will you not be pleased, but the Father will not be pleased. So I want to thank you for the time that you took in that garden to expose the weakness of the flesh. That whether we are leaders or whether we just attend local congregations, it does not matter. There will always be times where we will struggle with our will.
So thank you, God, for giving us a glimpse into your humility, giving us a glimpse into your humanity so that we could eliminate all excuses at every turn that we could easily come up with to allow our will to get in the way. So really, relinquishing our will and submitting to the will of God, it's about understanding that your will is greater than my will. It's about understanding that I have a heavenly father. And even though I don't agree with everything, I may not understand everything, and I may have questions, I can't stop. And I must trust you at every turn. I must trust you in every place. And I must trust you with everyone that I connect with. And I must believe that your word is good and that your promises are really yes and amen. And that the words that you have written to us through men are still good today. And I thank you for that. So for those of you that are willing to go to the next level, you will never get there without submitting to the will of God. You can't submit to the will of God if you don't relinquish what is important to you. We should have nothing in our life that is more important than being obedient to the Father. That's what helps to elevate us to the height of purpose fulfillment. When Jesus comes out of that garden, going to the cross is inevitable. Because everything that was important to the flesh is no longer important. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me to see that regardless of where I am in leadership, regardless of where I am in my relationship with you as it relates to maturity, that submission is something that I must embrace. There is no purpose fulfillment without embracing submission. So for a son of God, for a follower of Jesus, it is absolutely necessary. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But in the natural, you have to understand the things that your flesh go through. You will think like a failure. You will feel like a failure. You will think and believe based on the influence of the enemy that people are not agreeing with you, that they don't like you, that they're laughing at you. And you have to be able to not succumb to that, but you have to be able to override that. How do you do it? You do it like Jesus did it. You go on your knees. And you ask the Father, like I have asked him many times, Father, help my heart to feel what you feel. Help my mind to think the way that you think. And as that happens, we realize 
that it is not about us. It's always about the Father. So I'm thankful for that garden. It was the garden experience that Jesus had that keeps me humble. I never lose the flavor of the garden because I realize how important submission really is. It helps me to better understand that my flesh, regardless of how much I know about my Heavenly Father, my flesh will always try to invade the purposes of God. And the only thing that keeps my flesh at bay is submission. So you don't have to worry about the next promotion, your job or your health, your marriage, your children, family or friends, or even enemies. Because if we really submit to the will of God, the Father takes care of everything. And you can rest assured that his word is still good. And he's got you right in the palm of his hand. And everything won't just be all right. It'll be better than all right. <laughs> Thank you for this time. It's always a pleasure. This is the Principal Thing Podcast. It's where wisdom meets purpose. And I'm your host, D. Gerard Lindsay. And for those of you that would like to reach out and email me, you can email me at the Principal Thing Podcast at gmail.com. Until the next time, thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. We'll talk the next time. Thanks for listening. Join host D. Gerard Lindsay again next week as we discover how to successfully navigate life with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and learn the principal thing where wisdom meets purpose.